I can't think of a better trilogy of films that's even come out in my lifetime outside of like I mean, obviously, I could hear people say, what about the Lord of the Rings movies? It's like, yeah, 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 no, Lord of the Rings. fuck I'd... off. No, you know, <laughs> no, no. Okay, and I go to that line in Clerks 2 where, who is the director's name again? It's fucking uh, it's Kevin Smith. Me. No, no, Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson, where Randall... Of course I know who fucking directed Clerks 2. What do you take me for? (laughs) Where Randall is arguing with a customer at uh, movies. uh, And and he's like, hey, you know, fucker. You know, Lord of the Rings was was so great that uh, Peter Jackson was even awarded the, like, best directing role or whatever. You know, like, hey, like, fucking... Fucking get off this hate train or whatever. It's like, you know what, dude? <laughs> Randall's right. It's a, it's a fucking walking to a volcano is what that movie is, okay? At least in Star it Wars. Is. Oh, at yeah. least in Star Wars, there were flashy light beams. That's you true. Know, yeah. There was I would I would even dare say a story. And as much as <laughs> As much as the and this character is escaping my mind from Family Guy, the uh, what's his name? The guy who the guy who voices um the guy who voices Archer and Bob from Bob's Burgers. Oh man, um, I know who you're talking about because he plays Yoda in the Star Wars parodies where he's like, "Well, I'm not Yoda." Okay, I'm Yoda. Yeah, his name is Carl. Yeah. When yeah. Chris and Carl were arguing, were were talking about Lord of the Rings, he's like, "Hey, have you seen Lord of the Rings or something?" And Chris gave this diatribe about essentially, "Hey, why couldn't it just have been easier or or whatnot? It's like something to make something to make the whole the whole journey easier." And Carl's like, "Well, it's the quest." And he's like, "No, I get that. It's just yeah, there, I remember this. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah." And he's like, "Yeah, but but it's the quest." And it's like that's how defenders of these movies sound okay the fact that it needed to fill a one and a half to two and a half hour runtime and it's like well if you fill your runtime with one and a half to two and a half hours worth of just miscellaneous dog shit it's just two and a half hours of miscellaneous dog shit okay you know fall to your knees that you don't have to witness another that you don't have to witness another trilogy oh but you do you do, because you have uh, the Hobbit. Don't. Uh, oh. Oh. No. Yes, oh. I've watched those movies times and time again with my, with my parents, and even seeing the Hobbit in theaters one by one as they came out. Yeah, the books are better. Okay, you can even say on record mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, well, Hobbit's the weakest book out of the trilogy, out of the uh, out of the whole series." At least it fucking explained things that the movie didn't. You know, at least it actually had a coherent beginning, middle, mm-hmm. and end. At least I didn't have to feel like dog shit when the movie ended, and I'm like, oh, is this going to be the stinker out of the trilogy? Yeah. Like, at that point, it's like, like you come to the realization that these movies are not bad movies. They're not badly directed, acted, or in other wor- in in any other way just yeah, the movie by definition has an exposition, rising action, falling action, 
conclusion, which is any which is any <laughs> of storytelling. But it's like, dude, I'd rather be watching Star Wars. You know, I'd rather I'd well, rather I think... be doing anything than and even and even sort of the miscellaneous merchandise of it all. I can't tell mm-hmm. you how many times I started uh, Lotro, Lord of the Rings Online, and got so fucking bored with it, dude. You know, I realize that the day of the days of MMOs have, you know, pretty much come to pass. And you can argue and say, oh, War, uh, Warcraft, fuck you. OK, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. But <laughs> God, like, can we? <laughs> I, I'm going to stop. I really before I get any more. Before I have before I have uh, millions and millions of uh, 30-something chuds at my throat being like, well, actually. Hey, man. Bit like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's either not- that or my appraisal for The Last Jedi. Either way, we're both toast. understand um, why you that movie. And, and it extends into the question of, I don't understand how anyone likes that movie, okay? The... the 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 oh it's a new star wars movie shtick you know it only sticks so many times before it fucking falls off the wall you know and and i'll I'll put it i'll I'll put it simplest way because i I don't want to get into a whole thing about it and adam driver i would say save that movie in their own respective manner of they are good actors on their own they just got shafted into shitty roles that doesn't carry the trilogy and it especially didn't given the given the uh crippling reviews that it received yeah well i think i'll put it this way i i treat that movie now like it's a what if because Good. i i just simply think you know what it all ended with a big kumbaya with the murder bears on endor this is just a what if future tale no. that you know it, it's like uh, it's like the Dark Knight Returns like that's not actually how Batman ends his career in the main DC Comics continuity but it could be okay but but can I but can I ask something and just kind yeah. of to, to lay this whole thing to rest about Return <laughs> of the Jedi what about yeah. Return of the Jedi. In its final uh, moment, where I thought you were gonna say, "What about the droid attack on the Wookiee?" No, 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 no. Well, actually, that kind of that plays into it. And and let me just continue. Okay. What about that act, that final closing five to ten minutes of last of uh, Return of the Jedi? It's so bad. And you could give that whole same what if spiel when you talk about Return of the Jedi because well, what if there was actually Wookies? Okay, you'd still have the same dialogue. The same falling action. Endor is about, I want to say, maybe one-fifth of the entirety of the movie. Okay? Maybe more, give or take. Okay? It's a a little bit more. Yeah. All right, a little bit more. I I would say mm, 40%. It definitely appears in the last third of the movie. Oh, oh, of course. And even then it's... And even then, it's intermittently spliced with Luke on the Death Star with Palpatine and Darth Vader, okay? So you really don't right. see it as much. The fact of the matter that people are still pissed 30-something years... Yeah, about 30-something years odd later. Mm-hmm. About fucking little Teddy Ruxpins and the shit being mm-hmm. like, oh, well, well, 
this isn't my Star Wars movie. This how it was. This is how it wasn't supposed to be. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Had we known that it was only gonna get worse, you would put la- you would put return. I keep fucking calling it Last Jedi. You'd keep you would put Return of the Jedi on a fucking pedestal. Had you known one, two, three, seven, eight, and nine would have been in the years to come. Oh, and okay. I do. Like what because is- the last six movies have been such horrid filth. Return of the Jedi really is like but the why one people, why do people good have to such, great Star Wars movie. Why do people have such a problem with it still? And why the whole nitpickiness of it? I, I get that it's part of the cult, like like the cult phenomenonism of it. But it's like, dude, yeah. knowing how bad we have it now, like, shut the fuck up. Especially well, Red Letter it's Media. It's the people that shut the fuck up about it. Because <laughs> I'm not one to I'm not one to actively call out you know, a person's take on a movie because it's your opinion. That's what a hot take is. But when you, yeah, yeah. like, I'm so sick and tired of people debating the semantics of a fucking space opera. One that was already taken from the cheesiness of Flash Gordon himself. And think yeah, that that's true. It was indeed an upgrade from Lucas's own revisioning of it. And, you know, publication of the star Wars franchise it's not the be-all, end-all of movies, okay? You're going to have your hokiness right. in it. And it's it's just amazing how, you know, people will come in with that same what-if statement of being like, oh, well, what if Wookiees were to appear in the final act of Return of the Jedi? It's like, okay, that's what you're having such a big boner about? The what-if that didn't even make it in the final, in the, in the final cut? It, it didn't like, even make it until the third film of the other trilogy. Right. You know, but that was what was going to save your trilogy 30 something odd years ago. It's still the same movie. Yeah. Luke gets redemption in the end it and is. he finds out who he really is. That's the quest. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think in quarantine, oh, and trust me, I have, you know, go I, ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I think in quarantine, I really started to catch on about the whole sort of psychoanalysis into media journalism. And yeah. more and more, as as I've grown up with these movies and these miniseries and these video games and these comic books and really anything that encapsulates media over the umbrella term, I'm beginning to realize more and more the pretentious nature that people have when it comes to this, okay? Yeah. And really, and, and the pretentiousness in journalism is not a new thing, okay? But oh, of course. in preparation of this episode, and I really hope to not offend you because this is your major, but at work... Right. Oh, and trust me, I you know, nobody can hurt it worse than okay. journalists themselves. Okay, so. at, at work, I'm, you know, working, and I'm looking out at the sunset, or, or the sunrise, rather, because I work, you know, pretty early, and I'm going over in my head about this episode, and I realize that I have not watched... These three movies that we're about to talk about, not for my lack of trying, because I obviously went into that. But it made me think, hmm, what am I going to commentate on? And then it kind of hit me that I knew sort of subconsciously that you were going to bring up other media outlets and sort of other media journalistic pundits. And I Mm -hmm. thought... As much as I don't want to segue into it because we're well over an hour, I feel I can sort of state my thoughts about it where 
What is the appeal of this sort of journalistic pissing contest? This journalistic pissing contest when it comes to reviewing media. Mm -hmm. What is it with having the quote-unquote hottest take that really sets off these types of people because when you when you think about what journalism is in a high, in really its coldest calculated form it's analyzing mm-hmm. and observing previous discoveries observations or findings whether it be political or commentative or satirical it's basically deriving it's basically you form an opinion off of an otherwise registered IP, something that has already existed, mm-hmm. and you were commentating on that. Now, mm-hmm. in the field of copyright, <laughs> uh, good luck. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to spin a yarn and say, oh, well, copy, um, like copyright, fair use, you're commentating, it's satirical, it's a parody, it's yada yada, this, you know, I deal with that enough in publishing. So I know, mm. I know how to skirt and how not to skirt. But when it comes to media journalism, I cannot, for the life of me, get the image of the 30-year-old consumer, spelled C-O-N-S-O-O-M-E-R, look it up, please, while I state this, because it'll really lend itself into what I'm talking about. But I can't get, I can't get around that image. Of that type of person reviewing media, thinking that he or she has my best interests at heart when it comes to media that, yes, we may have grown up with. And yes, that now that we have an older mind, a more developed mind, we can now analyze it. And it's like, why? Are you going to make the next great IP? And I'm not saying this for lack of people who are ultimately trying to do so and who learn from the mistakes of history, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a lot, it's definitely a lot more preachy and, and, and proselytorious, if that's even a word. Um, It's definitely a lot more preachy and Mm -hmm. proselytizing. Yeah. Really? I've ever seen. Well, I think, it's you, you pose a fascinating question because it's one that I every once in a while think about and <clears throat> kind of question whether or not that's ever going to be a road in journalism that I want to take. And I think well, and, well, and not to here's my make th- it even about me, just kind of a thought of mine. But well, I have yeah. kind of something to add on to that thought because. I feel like a lot of people are doing this as a last resort when it comes to journalism. Pop culture is always going to be something that's interesting in the now because it is pop culture and it is what people are talking about. Yeah. I despise the bandwagon hive-minded mentality that overall encapsulates Los Angeles because if you're not talking Mm -hmm. about this new thing, then fuck you, you troglodyte, okay? (laughs) When it comes to journalism, that's what I kind of worry about, is that people are going to sort of suspend their dignity for sake of that that ad revenue or any type mm-hmm. of revenue when it comes to writing articles about this. You know, it's why BuzzFeed came under fire, and it, it still does continuously, because it fucking panders, okay? Yeah. 
you're a smart guy. I don't think you'd ever go that route. But do you worry that that's kind of the mm-hmm. state of what it's become? I do worry. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's there, there's there's so much that goes on behind the scenes too that I think also drives you know it it drives the state of the whole sphere of journalism if you will that you know continues to somehow survive through these apocalyptic times and i think you run into the trouble of people that work behind the scenes that obviously have their own motives and they know oh if we just write the get our reporters to write the kinds of stories that we want them to, maybe we can continue to rub shoulders with the kinds of people that we want to continue doing business with because our own principles and our own objectivity be damned. Mm -hmm. We just want to make sure that we can start rubbing shoulders with the right kind of people. And so, so if I can end up something I have witnessed. So if I can end off this episode with one last hypothetical statement to the, Far yeah. left leaning people, i.e. liberals, revolutionaries and wannabe Che Guevara's of the world. How does it feel to ultimately L- liberals sh- hate Che Guevara, though? OK, well, <laughs> the, the embodiment of, of what that represents in regards mm-hmm. to being mm-hmm. the people, a revolution type in amidst this, um, uh, shall we say, quote unquote, doomed capitalist society now. Fortunately to say, it is the doomed capitalist society that keeps the grease in these wheels turning. So I guess when it comes to journalism, your your Jezebels, your Vice News, your BuzzFeeds, at the end of the day, mm. when is the admittance to rubbing shoulders and being buddy-buddy for the sake of a position, you know, when is that going to be finally admitted? Because people people shuck up to these companies, okay? They shuck up to these yeah. these franchises and these and these effervescent multimedia productions, and they think that their opinion is spotlighted amongst the rest because they happen to write for such and such, okay? And if mm-hmm. you want a taste of this egotism, look at any Los Angeles or New York twitter bio because they'll have it right fucking there columnist editor-in-chief writer author etc okay you don't need to go far it's also a job title for some of these people having having been that some of those things it's a job (laughs) whether or not you announce it and the fact that people chose to announce it is it it lends further into my point Mm -hmm. so i guess in closing when is sort of the admittance going to happen hell this could be a next episode topic i'd love to talk more about this but yeah i know I, we th- this all this all sprang from me saying lord of the rings might be the only solid trilogy of the past 20 years God, and mind you i only bring that up I, it's definitely a solid trilogy and i dare say that star trek kind of graces the line in one of if not the biggest cult phenomenons next to star wars as much as I would say Lord of the Rings is A, a good book, and B, a well-put-together movie, I wouldn't say that it's right. my favorite. Now, does that make it a bad movie? Well, no. no. Yeah. But Well, and, and that was my that was going to be my point anyway, which is 
I'm not one of those people that looks at Lord of the Rings as like the end all be all trilogy. In fact, the opposite. I I just kind of lump it off to the side like, yeah, it was pretty good. All three movies were solid, but I don't geek out over, you know, <gasps> the ring. <gasps> it's Gollum. Like, I, I don't treat it the way I used to treat Star Wars. I'll put it that way. Like, I, I just look at it strictly from an aesthetic point of view as eh, all three movies are. They're all watchable. I enjoy all three of them. If I want to watch them, I'll watch them. But it's not something that I like anticipate unless I get the feeling but in, I guess if anything, I, you know, thinking back on the last 20 years, and I could totally be blanking on some trilogy of films that I adore. But I think these three movies make a perfect trilogy, even though they're an unintentional trilogy. But sorry, back to the point about journalism. I, I, I think I no, might have cut you off. No, um, that is it. Um, if there's anything else you'd like to say, I'm, I'm just going to give my socials. Well, I think I'll... I'll just add that, you know, when the comeuppance, when will that be? Or at least not the comeuppance, but the admittance of, well, it's, you know, well, we're I, doing I asked this for it, the sake of. I mean, I asked it in a hypothetical standpoint yeah. because no one, no one left, right, center or sideways is going to admit sideways. is going to admit that the other side is the one that is actually fueling their opinions now in practice it has been the left not going to want to admit this to the right because these companies sorry to say exist in this capitalist sphere that apparently works like fucking garbage even though that it employs them so i don't know uh read the room yeah i mean honestly it's 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 i think this money these for these so-called opinions and hit pieces hit pieces far outweighing anything given the amount of uh mudslinging these people like to do uh you know Mm -hmm. that's funded from somewhere okay yeah yeah well i ultimately and i'll try and make this as succinct as possible it's you know i i and trust me you're, you're talking to the one person who at least where I live, I have been. Wh- who I I, have, I feel like I am one of the few gatekeepers of understanding what is happening to the industry, at least specifically in Southern California, and understanding the fact that it needs to go through so many severe changes for it to be something that you could even call credible. But at the same time, there are so many real gatekeepers that are keeping the gates closed from all from all of us that want to try and basically overturn how things function. And it, regardless of politics, outside of hopefully getting politics out of it, outside of covering it and understanding it and treating it as an academic subject, not treating it like it's sports, then I think you can start seeing some kind of change but the problem is and this is something that i've talked with you know several friends of the show who are journalists about this you know i've talked with crystal emily pete kenny all of them about this sean like you know you have a lot of old heads that will not let go and in not letting go they're turning all of these different 
news stations, newspapers, websites, blogs, you name it. Right. Into no. something that they're not. I mean, uh, I mean, dude, what what are you going to do? Even what yeah. are you going to do? And I don't mean to cut you off, but what are you going to do other than play their game until they keel over and die to be replaced? Okay. I'm willing to bet that the if I could find the data analytics for our show, <laughs> I'm willing to bet <laughs> that the insert marginal percentage here of age demographics that we be, that we be considered boomer would like mm-hmm. to very well hold on to that sh- like shrivel of I suppose earned income throughout their lives until they keel over and die. Okay, they're not willing to let it all go for some pansy ass Gen Y and Gen Zers because Lord knows they won't. And even if it happens to be your own grandparents, they're in a different time. Okay, now, yeah, it's a double edged sword, considering that these companies are run by these particular old head executives that we happen to be employed by. So really. What do you do? You either try to insurrect it from the inside out or you quit one of which has actually well, there, there's 100 chance of working given the fact given you put a two-week notice in the other is right uncertainty incarnate so well even even if you put your two weeks in let's face it you're just a number you can you yeah. can be replaced like that with another millennial or another you know whomever and they're basically stuck in the same rut that their predecessor was in. Um, and it's something that I've, again, I've seen myself. I've seen friends of mine, unfortunately, go through it. But if I had to give you the shortest answer possible, since we're going to try and wrap up in just a moment, it would have to be do a better job, ultimately. Just do a better job. Just be better. I, I know that sounds very simple and very naive, but it, well, it's it's not it's not the fact that it's that's what needs to happen. It, it's not the fact that it's naive. It's the fact that it's it's very empty. Okay, all you can give in an uncertain time is emptiness, like an empty promise or sort of yeah. you know you could try to formulate a plan of attack, but if it doesn't work, well, you just look like an idiot. Okay, you can you can yeah. You don't have to tell me the the droves mm-hmm. and droves of drones, I would call them, on social media attempting to make a world a better place through their iPhones and just falling flat because they don't appeal to a large yeah. enough audience or the old heads, the CEOs, the billionaires that actually do control what we are as well, it's society. even it's even you lesser know. than that. It's the publishers, it's the editors too. Yeah, I mean, but what as 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 good as your publication may be, what are the chances that mm-hmm. a big wig is going to see it enough to enact social change on, on a grand internationalist scale? And it sounds very pessimistic, I know, but if they don't well, like it's your, very broad too, well, because it's, like it's very you're, broad. You're, you're applying something to journalism that like arguably I, I may be wrong but hasn't really been applied unless we're talking like an international which, news agency which those now, actually do pretty well i gotta be honest now journalists exist for the sake of getting getting that point across right so 
I guess I'll leave you with this final question. If no action is yeah. taken from a if no action is taken from a journalist's findings, then what's the point? Yeah. No, you, you know, sad you, to say. You ask a question I've been asking for several years. <laughs> oh, 